Hey, this is a quick note from Ed. Just to say this was Paul's last episode as a co-host of NQAT and Rankcast, 524 episodes, 11 years of chatting nonsense about United. Uh, there's been a lot of downtimes in that time, but the highlight was always talking to a friend for an hour each week uh, and having you guys drop in on our conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. There'll be more from NQAT in the weeks and years ahead. It will be different, but I hope you enjoy it. But for now, thank you to Paul. It's been a pleasure. everyone this is weird Norwich Norwich won Norwich lost 1-0 to Man United Man United beat Norwich 1-0 yes get in that the right kind of game it's in the kind of game that makes a person really glad they're quitting their podcast <laughs> I mean I mean I suppose you could just like maybe you should uh, flip it over another week until there's a great and famous victory for United oh, rather than yeah. you're you're going out on Norwich nil United won Ronaldo dodgy penalty <laughs> I mean, if you, in a nutshell, I can't think of anything better to go out on, to be honest, because it's like, yep, yep, see ya. Uh, It wasn't a very entertaining game of football. I thought the first, like, 25 minutes, United looked pretty all right, and uh, there were a couple of passages of play with a bit of passing and moving, which kind of, I I messaged saying, oh, I think you can maybe see a bit of the coaching going on. And then like 20 minutes later, you and Tom absolutely piling in on me going like, oh no, this is the worst it's ever been. You know, rang your cow, all that. Not really. Yeah, not really. really. Uh, He's, I mean, he's had more than the 45 minutes training session he had before his previous game or or whatever it was. But not much. And and I think it's, uh, it's not until sort of the Christmas period with some irony, I suppose, that uh, United actually have a... Or co- coincidence, not irony. Right. Some co- coincidence, United have a nine-day break between games after Newcastle and before Burnley or something like that. So he may get right, some time right. in. Um, unless he pulls an ollie and sends them all off on their holly bobs, and, <laughs> uh, which I, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to do that. Anyway, yes, United, yeah. not awesome yesterday. It was a little bit disjointed. I mean, they kept the ball pretty well. I thought in that first half, without really creating much. I mean, did you not see the stat where Bruno and Marcus Rashford both gave the ball away over thirty percent of the time that they had it? Well, that's standard for Bruno. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Rashford, uh, I thought. You see these little flashes where he kind of takes on a player and does something really good and creates a bit of space, and then almost every time it kind of goes. He has not found his sea legs, as it were, again since coming back from injury. He really has not. I mean, uh, he's had two disrupted seasons, hasn't he? One with the back, and then with the shoulder and the foot last year, and it's it's. um, I think it's had an impact on his confidence. It definitely hasn't returned. The kind of directness that you expect from him was only half there. As you say, he was, he was taking it on and then doing something awful at the end or making the wrong pass or the shooting wasn't there or uh, running, coming back on himself and running down the blind alley. So, yeah, uh, the confidence didn't feel good at all. I, I did notice a few times that the same, uh, same against, uh, 
rang its first game where Ronaldo sort of ran himself into the ground then decided to sub himself off with a, an injury. Um, the uh, the sign of uh, Ronaldo being tired is his first touch seems to go and that happened a few times yesterday as well. It'd be interesting to see whether he's rotated at all uh, over the next um, three weeks. There are quite a lot of games over the next three weeks even even if there is that sort of break in the middle. So he, he lost his touch a little bit a couple of times. Elsewhere... Um, I'm trying to think if there's any standout. The fullbacks were okay again, you know, not like, I mean, fourth game in a row that Alex Tellez has started. I don't think he's disgraced himself. I don't think Good he... Good free kick. Was it him? Is it him that hit the free kick just over? Yeah. And um, trying to think what else about him. I mean, I'm not sure he's got the same ceiling that Luke Shaw had last season, but Luke Shaw hasn't got the same ceiling that Luke Shaw had last season. And yeah, I the don't... problem with... The problem with Luke Shaw isn't the ceiling, it's the basement. Yes, like, that's, that's right, the... yeah. yeah. And then uh, I don't think, uh, I mean, Aaron Wan-Bissaka was awful in midweek against young boys. Um, so, and Diogo Dello has done fine in his games. I mean, look, if it was just, if you're starting from a clean slate, which maybe they are, with Ragnick in place, you wouldn't you wouldn't say Aaron Wan-Bissaka is you know, guaranteed a place by any means. At all. No, in in fact, in fact, you'd say he's going to have to fight really hard to win it back because it's not at the moment it's Dallow's to lose. Right, and then in central defence, I mean, I think we're all looking forward to Rafael Varane coming back to add some class and assurance because uh, I mean Lindelof was all right yesterday. Uh, Maguire had a couple of moments where um, he, you know, hit the panic button when he had the ball at the back. He certainly he's lost confidence in terms of his passing because he's uh, he's being targeted quite often, not so much by Norwich. Um, but I, I guess the standout for United, at least defensively, was David De Gea five saves. Oh, incredible! A couple of them like proper peak Dave, unbelievable. Like uh, there's not really they they hardly had a big XG chance Norwich, but the post shot XG on the one that uh, he palmed away to his right. Um, that reaction save from a header was it was an incredible. I mean, just there's just very very few humans ever that have been able to do that. Right? He's he's in a a kind of he is a sort of absolutely unique sports person to hear, and and it's it's something that's made him, you know, at periods one of the best goalkeepers in the world without any question. But it's also something that's forced his. Um, overall game down a road where you know he's tried to play to his strengths but his strengths are being superhuman so when his when he is less than superhuman it becomes a real problem but this season there's been been a, a good amount of proper superhuman dave i would say they have and and only a few mistakes so yeah yeah although although i think I, I haven't looked at it updated for the last couple of games but he was below his um expected goals against at some point which which seemed a bit counterintuitive but um anyway you know he saved us yesterday for sure yeah and uh, you know Nor- norwich had been on a half decent run um since uh, since dean smith came in and they certainly gave it a go they didn't create an awful lot um uh, but you know they are the bottom team, and I guess you'd expect United to uh, beat them. Not that they really did enough to particularly particularly deserve it. 
no, so United, um, the, the, I just had a quick look at the XG, talking of which, and, and United was much higher than I was expecting. And it's partly because there's this like 0.66 chance in the 86th minute, that um, 85th minute that Ronaldo had a missed shot on his left foot, which I can't even remember. Oh, I do remember. It's the one that he hit over. And that's what, it's a really good example of the XG model, model failing to take into account physics because once again, Rashford um, played the pass slightly behind him, which he did all day so I think if you just look at that as a left foot shot with that defensive situation from that type of pass creation you're going to say this is a huge chance but it absolutely wasn't a huge chance it would have taken something quite special to score yeah that's right I mean in fact there was there was a lot of um off passing against young boys I mean there's there's no point spending any time on the young boys game at all because except for the Mason Greenwood goal because oh my god (laughs) oh my god see that wasn't in a dissimilar position really was it and uh Mason, because the ball went behind him and somehow Mason improvised. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, well, I don't care if the ball's behind me. I'm going to hit the most absolutely, um, friend of the show, Awate, described it as atomic precision. It's absolute atomic precision. There's very rarely been a ball that's hit that far, that near to the inside of a post without hitting it. And the fact that it came from an overhead kick as well, or like a, um, a kind of sweeping volley from behind him absolutely that guy is unbelievable yeah it, it, he didn't start he's missed a few games because he got covid and he had to follow the protocols um fortunately no longer term impact um unlike um dean henderson who kind of ruined the beginning of his season uh so um so he's not he's not played that much recently uh he had the game time against um young boys which i guess he needed Marcus Rashford probably could have done with that game time as well. Um, I think uh, who did Greenwood side up front with Alanga, didn't he against Young Boys? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are there is a good amount of things to say about that Young Boys game. I know you were saying there's nothing to say about it, but I I think it was actually a pretty. There was a couple of massive things that happened in that game. Um, so one was the Greenwood goal. The other was Ranić clearly using this as an opportunity to blood young players in a in a Van Hal esque way, in a way that Solskjaer wasn't really. Um, uh, partly that was possibly because of the bubble situation that he was operating in, and it was not so easy to just call players up from the under twenty threes. Um, but Ranić put um, a couple of players on the bench uh, who ended up getting on, uh, and there's something worth saying about this because the first player of South British South Asian heritage to ever play for Manchester United came on. And um, about six years ago, uh, Adam McCullough made a documentary called Where Are All the Asian Players? Um, and uh, you can still find that on YouTube. It's a f- very good documentary. Talks to some sociologists, some coaches, just to try and get a bit of an understanding. And, and we are seeing a generation coming through now. This is like the first wave of British Asian players, British South Asian players, um, coming through and playing in the Premier League. And um, uh, not the very first ever, I don't mean, but just as a kind of, like, you're starting to see, it's starting to be less rare. Although, if you look at the numbers, it's still crazy rare compared to the demographics. Yeah. Yeah. But but, so BT Sport were covering the game and uh, the... The double substitution was made where he brought on Charlie Savage and Zidane Iqbal. Um, and 
Uh, Robbie Savage was the co-commentator and completely understandably, uh, completely understandably, BT Sport made a huge fuss of this. Robbie Savage kind of called the action as Charlie Savage came on. It was a lovely moment. But, um, and and I've seen some anger about them doing this and I, I, th- I think in some ways it seems very harsh to me to be angry about them for doing that part. It's the thing they didn't do that warrants a bit of like, do you think the first... British Asian player to play for Manchester United warrants some, some attention. Note. Yeah, you know, um, and, but yeah, and it was anyway. covered elsewhere. But yeah, BT Sport missed it. But not live. Like, not yeah, live. Not live on the telly as it happened, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, so he got he got a few minutes of Danny. Well, I, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of him. People who watch the under twenty threes more than I do will will um, will know more. Uh, he, he, you know, the the club. What what do they call him? Uh, uniquely talented or something like that. So right. right. Um, so anyway. Uh, Lots of people having lots of good things to say about him. Um, Charlie Savage, as you said. I mean, we'll see if he's a nice bloke or a twat like his dad, but, you know. We'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. I have to say, it is really funny that Robbie Savage's kid is in the academy and got some minutes for the first team because Robbie Savage didn't didn't get any minutes for the first team when he was in the academy. It's quite, it's quite. But it was, it was. Listen, uh, Robbie Savage is a, is is who he is. But it was really moving to hear a parent talk about yes. their kid coming on to do something that they weren't able to do. You know, it was. There was a there was a lovely kind of warmth to that. Yeah, so, yeah, and a, nice. and a few other kids. I mean, the bench was almost apart from Tom Heaton, youngster Tom Heaton making his United de- <laughs> making his yeah. United debut as well. Sixteen years after he left the club, um, yeah, uh, it's kind of funny that one. Ted Mengi played as well, came on at left back, which is definitely not his position, but you know, M- made a mistake, but then made a heck of a block to make up for the mistake that he made. That's right, yeah, and and I think the bubble situation did. Um, did contribute to being there being a short um, short bench. So only had seven on the bench, and you can have a lot more than that in, in your right. competition. Right. So or maybe the COVID situation. I don't I don't know what exactly it was, but yeah, short, short bench. Anyway, so United are through top of the group, and we get to find out. I guess it's next week, is it? I think it's. I think I heard Monday. somebody say Monday. Monday. Well, you may well know before we do. Then, yeah. um, people listening to well, this. I mean, I know, like. Time. You're, I know we're recording this you now, may well but we're not frozen in time. We're not frozen <laughs> yet. We're freezing you in amber. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what's <laughs> happening to me. Genetically replace you in millennia to come. Uh, <laughs> Seems a long way to go for some very like half baked football opinions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Will United have won a trophy by the time? <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, we'll come to questions later. Uh, anyway, back to Norwich. I say back to Norwich. Is there anything else to say? The penalty. We can talk about the penalty. Oh, because I, I tweeted in the early, earlier in the day. Um, Liverpool and Chelsea both got some. I can we call them dubious penalties? Mo Salah going down like the sniper has taken him out. Precision, atomic precision, taking Mo Salah out there. <laughs> Um, so I mean, that was about this. It was about the seventh massive penalty appeal they'd had. None of which were penalties, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it used to be the old adage at Anfield, wasn't it? Liverpool won pen. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, no football fan of any other club has ever suggested that Manchester United's treatment at Old Trafford might be vaguely beneficial. Hey, hey, they, Jurgen Klopp had the rules changed. I know I'm sounding like a paranoid United fan, but on this one occasion, I'm just going to do it a little bit because yeah. he complained 
other managers did too, and they changed the bar for what is a penalty. And as a result, Bruno Fernandes don't get penalties, except they did. And this was, I mean, Ronaldo won it. I'd say. I think it's a. I mean, there's contact. Um, Ronaldo made sure there was contact. But like. So, you know, it, I mean, the, the thing this made me think of was wrestling, because in wrestling, there's a, a lot of what looks really dramatic is caused by the person who is, uh, in in quotes, receiving the move. Exactly. It's, it's choreographed. Not, and, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, but they're, they're doing, it's not like they're being thrown, they're jumping yes. and making it look like they're being thrown. Like, this was... If you if that touch on his shoulder was a handshake, it'd be a handshake where you were like, "Come on, put some like no, oh, I don't want the little weird dead fish in the hand handshake. Give me a proper handshake." This was like a very gentle caress on his shoulder, which Ronaldo tilted and slammed back into a flat back bump. Like this was yeah. this was wrestling but as we all know, over. R- Ronaldo doesn't know much about gentle caresses, does he? Anyway, yes. It, it, Ronaldo. It's my last episode. It's your last episode, so there's <laughs> got to be a groan in there somewhere. He yeah. uh, he made sure he went down, and of course, you know, contact. There's a pole, so yeah. yeah. Um, and he he got the he scored obviously, and he scored obviously because uh, yeah, Bruno had one chance of failing after like scoring his previous sixty-seven penalties in a row because yeah. it's Ronaldo. Yeah, and he he likes goals. And he's very good at making it, good doing them. There's one bit in the first half where he created some space for a shot for himself. And like, has there ever been anyone as good at creating space for a shot for themselves as Ronaldo ever? He's perfected like, it. He's so good at that. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I know, like, I spend a lot of time not saying nice things about Cristiano Ronaldo for a variety, for, genuinely, for a variety of reasons. But... He's really good at football. Like one of the very, 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 very best ever, ever, ever players, without a doubt. Yes. And we're getting the sunset here. This is definitely not peak Ronaldo, oh, yeah. but uh, no. he 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 reserves himself for the moments. And yeah, he finds space for a shot whenever yeah. possible, which is yeah. frequently. And often and, they go in. And I, I would not have blamed him for being frustrated in that game because he got himself into some really good positions that Marcus Rashford passed just behind. Uh, uh, one small thing, um, Ranić's, uh subs, subs kind of bothered me a little bit. It was weird that he took off Sancho, who I thought was quite instrumental in every time United's kind of good play and uh, the, the pass before the pass, you know, was often Sancho in this game. Um, and... I, I thought we lost something when he took Sancho off. And and given that neither Ronaldo nor Rashford were contributing very much, it seemed like an odd decision. And then once again, he brings Van der Beek on in the 87th, 89th minute. It's just straight, like, I, 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 who is, who told, like, did Ollie in Ollie's phone call, that infamous 90-minute phone call, was he like, right, listen, Ralph, the one thing I need you to do for me, I need it, man, I need it, I need to see Van der Beek on the bench till the 89th minute and then coming on for no reason. Yeah, it happens seven times he's been substituted on in the Premier League this season. He's only played 75 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's had a, a couple of full games, um, uh, elsewhere and stuff like that. I mean, I, I can't say he's ever done anything to particularly impress anybody in those those games. It's it's such an odd, it's such an odd, it's such an odd purchase use of him. 
all around because he's clearly a much better player than we've been able, able to see. But, uh, you know, yep. I, I don't see the path forward for him in Ragnik's system, really. Is he going to play as one of the double t- double tens? I mean, I guess he could. But. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing about Ragnik's starting 11s is that they've kind of looked like Solskjaer starting 11s for the most part, right? They, yeah. That's, they, they, I mean, except for the fullbacks, um, who he really has, like fully gone totally the opposite yes I mean, but I don't partly, know if, partly I don't know if available sure yeah. well sure wasn't available because of concussion protocol and then he was on the bench for this one right so yeah. along with your man Phil Jones yeah who behind the scenes is apparently oppressed Ralph Rannick so there we go I mean oh, I can't believe I was about to make a Phil Jones joke and I'm not going to because they're cheap and bad they're cheap and bad and we now know his best position. It's in Ralph Rangnick's squad, apparently. Yeah, clearly. Anyway, Is that a segue into Twitter questions? Yeah, maybe it does. United up to fifth. Point oh, behind nice. after West Ham's draw today, Sunday. Um, point behind West Ham. I mean, the top three are miles out in front. City on 38. Well, Liverpool 37, Chelsea 36. So it's everyone's chasing fourth now, basically. Chelsea scrambled to beat. Leads at home and just lost to West Ham and he keeps putting Lukaku on the bench and only bringing him on with like 10 minutes left which is a very weird fitness management program if it's to get him back fit um, it seems like I don't really understand what he's trying to do is he's fit enough to play 10 minutes so you might as well have him on the bench in case you need a goal with 10 minutes to go um, yeah no I don't, I don't understand that either but yes it's, it is because I mean it's, we'll talk more in the backers content about Chelsea Leeds but that was good fun that one yeah. um so anyway, yeah, up, up to fifth and then there's a round of games in midweek. United play Brentford in midweek and then Brighton Uh-oh. next weekend, I think. Um, Brentford, that's that's a worry. That is yeah, a worrying I mean, fixture. They, they, uh, they just, they, they scored a couple of late goals to beat Watford at the weekend, including a 95th minute penalty. Yeah, the, the latest goal in the Premier League since September 2020. I was like... Oh my goodness, that Harry Maguire 90 plus 10 versus Brighton is a long time ago. One of the great Premier League goals of all time, that, because the game had the full time whistle was blown before the goal was given, which is that is a good vibes. Good vibes, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I mean, it, look, six unbeaten for United now, uh, three under Ragnick and three under Carrick. So, that's very good, isn't it? That's pretty good. It's, yeah. I mean, this was neither neither performance this week was particularly impressive or exciting. But no, I mean, you know. young boy is very disjointed. You know, uh, what a, a surprise! Team, yeah. yeah, scratch eleven, and then this one, yeah, just just not quite, just not quite there. I mean, I I, I suppose like in an attacking, like in a defensive sense, Norwich had a few opportunities and Dave had to make some saves, um, yeah. but they were mostly low XG chances, but yeah, true. Um, it does feel like some of the chaos has, has um, been removed. Um, yeah. At least there's some organisation. And then up front, yeah, they've just got to find the right balance. This this sort of double pivot, two number 10s, and then two up front. You know, they're, they're trying to find the right the right balance there, I think. It, it doesn't create any width. Um, the fullbacks are supposed to do that, and, and you know, they, they are th- at least three attacking fullbacks at the club. Mm. Um, and but they need to get legs around Ronaldo to to get the best out of him if he's going to play every week. And so yeah, you know it will take a bit of time. But yeah, 
I mean, one of the things that'd be interesting, it would be to see Cavani and Ronaldo up front and Rashford in one of the inverted commas tens positions. I think that'd be like Rashford for Sancho would be an interesting one. Although, I mean, I, I think this is a great position for Sancho and I think him him knitting stuff together is is really effective. It's, it's interesting because him and Bruno are so kind of parallel opposite in terms of their first instinct on the ball, you know. I mean, Jaden Sancho will always like, he does want to try stuff. But he also wants to like keep things ticking over, keep things knitted together, which is the the absolute opposite of Fernandez, who just I mean, it is like what is the most exciting thing I could do now, you know, every time. Um and you know, long may it continue, because you need some excitement from somewhere. All right. So that's that. Shall we shall we get on some questions? Questions? Yeah, and, sure. I was going to say questions, and because well, we have done questions, I thought, well, it's your last episode, at least, you know, as a full-time podcaster, we'll get you back on at some point next year, maybe. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. When you, when you imagine, bed. imagine it. it might, I mean, <laughs> that's going to be never. Right? So let's, let's not let's not make that be the the bar for entry. <laughs> Anyway, we had a lot of questions. We're definitely not going to get to all of them, so sorry, folks. Uh, so a few people said some nice things. So, you know, we'll get that out of the way. Soft <laughs> yeah. Ed, Ed can't handle this. <laughs> I'm really going to enjoy watching you have to deal with this. That's good. This is where you really wish I was in charge of the Twitter, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, this is a podcast, so, you know, everyone who sent um, gifts and memes and stuff like that, yeah, not going to work. Uh, friend of the show, Tarek Amir, says, uh, big hugs to Paul and big thank you for all the pods over the years. Would you consider a Jose Mourinho schadenfreude a cameo? Yes. <laughs> Probably yeah, will. Consi- consider that question asked and answered. Yes, I would. Another friend of the show, Denny, says, hugs to Paul and looking forward to the new episode and his guest appearances in the future. What is What are his top three most vivid memories, good or bad, from doing the podcast over the years? Great question. Um, I, I suppose uh, the most unbelievable thing that happened because of doing the podcast was ending up sat opposite Van Hal and Mourinho in a press room being like, how has this, you know, record scratch. You're probably wondering, how did I get here? Like that, that, that was, that's like on a personal level, the most extraordinary thing that happened. And just then, um, all right, this is one, this is one of my favorite podcast related stories. So, um, so, so me and Ed, we didn't get to go to too many games together when doing the show for a variety of reasons, but we went to one and we were stood outside. I don't think I've ever told this story. It makes me sound like a right big Ed, but I, I promise I'm not. Um, but we was we were stood outside Old Trafford and there was some people taking a photo with a banner that said Oklahoma City Reds. And I kind of looked, did a, a nod towards him and whispered to Ed, I wonder, wonder how many of them listened to the show. And I just want to be absolutely clear at this point, I was joking. Like, I was not legitimately making the assumption that these people listened to the show. But then somebody um, from that group kindly came over and um, and asked, asked if I was me. And I said, hey, not only am I poor, he's Ed. Because um, your face is a lot harder to find than mine. Um, yeah. So that was... That was a lovely moment. You've, and then, you've been watching the Beatles documentary, haven't you? And it's got the whole yes. bit about uh, the the controversy when uh, John Lennon claimed the Beatles were bigger than Jesus, or you know, yes. like, et cetera, and so on. <laughs> yeah. You're saying I'm saying we're bigger than Eric? <laughs> <laughs> never. Um, never. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a super cool moment. Um, and then, uh, I mean, some of the people I've got to talk to, 
uh, was, was has been uh, really good fun. Uh, some of the interviews and things, um, and and like yeah, just meeting meeting listeners, uh, especially meeting listeners at games, and they're really nice. The, one of the things I the thing I will remember the most in terms of interaction with the audience will be just the volume of kindness that that has come our way. Like in the in an age where you know, there is, there is so much negative content and so much kind of like, um, so people's first instinct is to kind of criticize and attack online. I mean, not that we haven't had some of that, but it's a substantial minority. If you look at every message I've ever received, the vast majority of them have been nice about the show and, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, almost so, universally. Uh, the funny thing is we, we've had the... Um, odds uh, review on Apple Podcasts over the years, which has been a bit funny. Um, but it doesn't matter what people say. Just hit five stars, folks, uh, and then <laughs> call us nonces. It's fine. It, it makes no difference. Just hit the five stars. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Nick asked something similar, favourite pod moment in the episode, and he says, do you not fancy hanging on a bit so your last episode isn't discuss- discussing a game that's awful? Yep. Um, I mean, the thing is, you really, at this point, would be just constantly, like, every week, like, me, 75 years old, like, crying, grey hair, like, please, please, one crumb of good game so I can leave. Um, yeah, could, could be waiting a long time. I'm not sure Brentford in midweek, then Brighton, two teams where I, I feel like they're both vaguely functional. Hey, we're, we're more hipster than they are now, fact. Yeah, true, 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 true. We bought our hipster credentials. Morton Mabrenner says, not question per se, but where do we find the secret underground pod where Paul goes to town on Jose on a weekly basis? <laughs> I'm in patreon.com slash NQAT, but you're too late now. Like the NQAT pod, it's been, it's been, that has been happening, especially when he was at Tottenham. Now, now it's just occasional, um, but it, it, it does happen. Gear Rudolph says, all right, Gear Rudolph. Um, I think that's Gear Rudolph. Anyway, seeing as we're about to be missing half our squad because of COVID, what positions do you, you and Paul fancy playing yourselves in? Oh, uh, that would be real bad. That's one of the great ironies of talking about how incredibly talented professional footballers have made a slightly inaccurate pass whilst, you know, running at 35 miles an hour and under the pressure of tens of thousands of people watching them and the expectation of millions around the world. Like I could barely play a pass four yards in my corridor. Yeah, yeah. You were a decent goalkeeper as a kid though. I mean, you know, it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, it (laughs) is. I'm not sure I'd fancy my chances in goal in the Premier League. (laughs) No, I mean, at the age of um, not having played professional football up to the Premier League level, you know, yet. Illy says, uh, thanks for the many great years, Paul. All the best, hearts. Thanks, Illy. Daniel says, uh, what is Phil Jones's best position? And thanks, Paul, for all the pods and the insight over the years. I think that's an ironic question there. <laughs> um, do you mean the insight part's ironic or the Phil, what's Phil Jones's best position? Whichever one you well, want to take. Actually, you could definitely look back at some of the answers to the question of what's Phil Jones's best position and, and, and argue that there has not been the necessary insight shown. That's true. Andy McCoy says, best wishes, Paul. Uh, please discuss this scintillating performance where your player scored and then for backers content, can you discuss England's rampant victory in the Ashes? Oh, oh. this is bad not, times. No cricket, no cricket discussion. James Bonser says, not a question, just want to say thanks to Paul for all the great content. I'll miss him thanks, and look James. forward to hearing what you do next with the show. Stay in touch, brother. What's the point? Says thank you, Paul. Comes across as a truly, truly genuine and wonderful human being. 
I mean, it's a podcast, folks, so you just don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Thank you very much. That's very that's a very kind thing to say. And also, you made Ed say it out loud, and he had he had to undercut it because it's in his contract that <laughs> as as a you know as a man of a certain age from a certain generation, he had to undercut it. But he read it out loud, which you know I did. That's, I did. It's a podcast, good. so you can't see my eyes rolling. Uh, <laughs> what's the audio version of the emoji? <laughs> Nick Mahon says thanks for all these years on the pod Paul good luck thank Uh, you thank you Rankcast Ultra says what is Paul's best position Um, missionary (laughs) backward cowgirl Uh, what no it's just just retired retired Retired. I think that's that's it and by the way shout out to Rankcast Ultra for creating a Twitter account called Rankcast Ultra. It's the coolest thing. And the thing is, you hear that and you're like, uh-oh, is he is he going to be parked up outside our houses? We're going to go around to his house and there's loads of pictures of us on the walls. But no, he's super sound and a uh, really nice guy. So thanks, at OG Rankcast. Jack Cullis says, Paul's coming back for the title-winning episode in 20 years. Yeah, man, I'll be here. Martial FC says, will Paul be going to uh, whichever pod covers Martial's new team, asking for a friend? <laughs> will you be doing a Newcastle pod then? Well, how's your Geordie accent oh, these days? It, it's not bad, like, I can say Shola Ramiorbi, like the best of them. Um, and the conjunctivitis, which are the two, that's how you get into a Geordie. It's like, hi now, Brian Kai, if you want to do Northern Irish, you do Shola Ramiorbi for a Geordie accent. Dan Oliver says... Uh, Effing hell, end of an era, etc. Hope he's all right. Oh yeah, man. Like, he's not dying. Is, I don't think. Uh, no, anyway. everything, everything is super cool. This is this is just um, uh, eleven and a half years of doing this podcast and and my working life uh, getting to the point where this is starting to uh, it's starting to be a problem to fit watching games in and giving it justice. And, you know, I definitely, I really don't like coming on the show and being like, oh, I didn't watch this game because then, honestly, like, that is not, that's not, that's a disservice to the audience as much as anything else. Pete says, would you choose to fight 100 duck-sized Mourinho's or one Mourinho-sized duck? Big love to Paul without <laughs> a doubt, my favourite podcast. Uh... You see, the thing about 100 duck-sized horses, right, is they're not smart. They've got horse-level intelligence. 100 duck-sized Mourinho's, they could stand on each other's shoulders, create weaponry. Like, you could definitely, like, get loads of little tiny um, sharpened stones stabbed into your leg, and that'd be a real problem. And a Jose Mourinho-sized duck is smaller than a horse-sized duck. So I think, I think... I think the the advantage swings too far to the small Mourinho's in that case. And I I wouldn't want to fight a Jose Mourinho-sized duck or any duck of any size, even a small one. Um, But that's that's what I'm choosing. Hans Inger says, who would you rather drive across country with, David Moyes or Jose Mourinho? I mean, that is such an easy question. Like, it's David Moyes. Easily, I, could, I think like a couple of hours with David Moyes would be fine. A couple of hours with Mourinho, bloody hell, it'd be. T- I mean, actually, you know what? A couple of hours with Mourinho would be fine too. He'd be perfectly charming company, I'm sure. And I could spend the entire time badgering him about why he makes such relentlessly capitalist life choices. 
Gear Rudolph. Oh, t- second question, Gear Rudolph. Uh, approximately how many times a day do you use the term ad nauseum? Yeah, good gag. Yeah. All the time. I don't think I... Is that something I say a lot on the show? No, I don't think so. Maybe, okay, maybe it right. is. Maybe I do. Maybe I say it ad nauseum. Oh, God, there's a lot of people saying... You used to love that old Drunkast <laughs> jingle, says Hanny McClatchy. If you had to re-record it based on this team, what would the lyrics be? Well, now football is a tiresome game. Played in the sun, played in the rain. The team that once every three games for about 20 minutes gets me excited... It's Manchester United. You cynic. <laughs> lots and lots of best wishes. More best wishes. Lots. And I'd lots. like to. Th- I'd, I'd like to thank everyone, both for the incredible kindness. Like genuinely, like to be. There's a lot. For a I, I'm being cynical, but there's like, a lot. It, yes, it's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly heartening. And I've had some emails. Um. I got when I first put the thing up. I got a bunch of messages on Instagram. I haven't been on our Instagram for a long time, so I don't know if there's more there. But uh, it's incredibly heartwarming and touching, and um, like, like it's quite something, you know, to feel like you've you've been appreciated for doing something that's been fun and that it's meant something to people. It's it's a really big deal. Um, also, it's really funny to watch Ed be super <laughs> uncomfortable saying nice things. I'm uh, not uncomfortable. John Gale says, all the best to Paul. And it was great meeting you both when we had the Rankcast meetup. Yeah, we we oh, we yeah. promised more meetups and never really did it. So Hey, but listen, if, we, if you do them in the future, it's not like I can't come to them. No, right. Yes, you know. maybe I'll organise it when I'm back in the country. When yeah, the, man. the global plague has... Uh, finished and we could do that kind of thing darren richmond says nice. not a question just a heartfelt thanks for all the years of enjoyment thank you brother one of the great joys of doing this podcast is making people i mean that's that's i guess the real answer to the question of um of you know what have been the best moments it's all like there are loads of people in my life who i would consider to be uh, really good friends um who i met through doing this show and through the, the subsequent kind of Twitter and stuff, and Darren is definitely on that list as well. He knows. D. Milito says, can you do a pod without politics? Well, we can, but, um, you know, our Christmas parties are just jam full of uh, political <laughs> content. Uh, you know, it's like, um, you, what, what does that mean? Well, you know, when people say that, they, they don't generally, this isn't personal to the person that asked the question, but people generally don't mean, can you do a podcast without politics? They mean, can you do a podcast without saying anything I don't like, you know, about the world, about society, about whatever. Like, if we'd done this show for the last 11 years and not talked about social issues, how mad would you have to be to do this show where we try t- to like set football in context and set the events uh, on the pitch in terms of a football context, but where politics has kind of brought itself to bear so consistently. I mean, just even right now, Ranić's appointment was affected by politics in, in yeah. some way. And uh, just, it's, it's everywhere. So I don't know why people, I listen in the content that I consume, I'm actually not looking for a lot of kind of social commentary and these kinds of things. So I, I understand why people want pure escapism. Um, one of the things that, that's happening in in cricket, there's been this absolutely horrific um, stories emerging about the levels of racism not very long ago at all, probably not long ago as in like weeks. Um, but, you know, uh, hearing the coverage of that has been brutal, but... 
you what you can't ignore these things. What and when and especially in in football where the footballers have been asking us not to ignore these things, asking our attentions to be drawn to using their platform to draw our attentions to these things. We're going to respond in kind. It's the you know yeah. the least we can do. So yeah, well, there's social commentary, and then there's also football is a global game, and and geopolitics yeah. come into it. Otherwise, why do you have PSG and Manchester City? And Newcastle, and why is the World Cup in Qatar next year? So, uh, you know, unfortunately, can't divorce the two. And um, you know, I know, I know, not all people love that. Um, and on our theme, last question: Is it true that you're leaving because the NQAT team had numerous parties when everyone was in lockdown, and he's Ed <laughs> throwing you under the bus to save himself? <laughs> You've caught us. You've caught us. Some someday, Tom will leak the audio where we're having a good chuckle about our NQAT Christmas party. <laughs> Uh, I can't. I don't know many people that have been more COVID compliant than you, Ed. So I think that's very um, quite something. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ, what a bunch of absolute scumbags, eh? Like absolute subhuman scum. This Tory party. Like you want you want a podcast free of politics. You come to the wrong place, pal. If you <laughs> voted for these, no, obviously, if you were duped into voting for these, or if you've never thought about it because your family's voted them for generations, look at them. I'm not saying the other lot are great. Far, far from it. But my. God above, this country's being governed by the absolute worst people in it. Yep, you get what you vote for, folks. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, I guess that's it for questions. Um, Thanks for all the uh, thanks for all the heartfelt best wishes. It's been a pleasure doing 523 episodes with you. We'll uh, we're going to preview Brentford and Brighton and do some. uh, do some predictions and then we'll do the backers content before you're allowed to go. It's in your contract. Right. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you you know this very well. Um, easily the best thing about the existence of this podcast is that me and you got to talk every week for 11 and a half years. And, you know, me and Ed met when I was two and he was three. And we were, we've been separated by continents multiple times in our lives now, it turns out. Yes. Um, uh, and both of us in different directions and we've lived in different cities and all of these kinds of things. But ultimately, uh, the the absolute fact of it is, and this is not an exaggeration, you are by far the closest thing I have to a brother in the world. So, you know, we uh, we grew up together and to be able to do this and, you know, muck about and talk about football, but also talk about serious stuff, um, and you know, uh, like, like I think I said the other week, almost every single nice message I've received also said nice things about you or nice things about our relationship or whatever. Almost, and, you know, almost. It, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a couple of them were just for me, man. None of them said nasty things about you. <laughs> Unbelievable! You're taking my glory here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yes. So the uh, before we move on, I mean, there will there will be. Um, the plan is to continue the pod. There'll be some um, some guests on a rotating basis. Or you know, yeah, any any can, announcements? Can, any any transfer announcements? Have we got people holding NQAT scarves above their head with you with your arm around them grinning? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no, no, we're not going to do it like uh, that. I mean, what I, what I didn't want to do is uh, I didn't want to kind of. Um, uh, kind of bring on comparisons with the past. Um, so we've got a few people who are kind of you, you'll you'll recognise 
at least two of them. Um, so Wayne Barton, who writes all the books, is going to do some pods, as is Dan Harris, who's Guardian, ESPN, Off the Ball pod, excellent United Rewind pod, um, and and then Tom Mortimer, who does the Hungarian football podcast, have all agreed to join. We'll see what time brings, and you know, we're all being very flexible about it. Um, plus, you know, it's uh, we get a few people; they won't all be compared to you, uh, and unfavorably, in your case, that is. <laughs> Of Good. course. Three. Excellent. Um, um, anyway, I'm looking forward to it. it. There'll be very very different people and there'll be diverse opinions. And, um, you know, hopefully, as you have done over the years, you'll uh, hold me to account when I have some crappy opinion about football <laughs> or the world yeah. generally. I'm uh, I'm super excited uh, as somebody who would just be a fan of... Like, this was... This was the idea. This eleven years ago, eleven and a half years ago, when I was like, "You," I said, "You should have a podcast, not we should have a podcast." And then accidentally, this happened. So this was always this was always what I wanted was for you to have a podcast about United that I could listen to. See, this is what happens. Um, you you have a you come in on a temporary basis. You have a good run for a few weeks. <laughs> You're promoted above your station. And, and it just then, slowly gets worse over years. Exactly. I just, uh, if only I had proper, if only there was real, genuine, professional podcast knowledge in this podcast, we might have solved well, this problem years ago. You're kind of bringing some in. Like, you're bringing some actual uh, proper professional podcast experience in. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're all people that I... Um, I love listening to talk about United, so it's going to be it's going to be super fun. And and you know, I'm I I hope that the opportunity uh, exists to kind of expand that and you know bring yeah. in different voices and um you know voices from different cultural backgrounds and these kinds of things because I think that could be like incredible for the show. So um I mean like you know I'll I'll be back to do some guest appearances eventually. Not. Probably not this season, I have to say, because, I mean, I've already run out of things to say about this season. So, you know, give me six months Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see when the the Champions League final comes around and you're like, "Uh, you know, I'm available. We'll see. All right. Yeah, I'll do some. uh, If we we win the Champions League, I'll come back and talk about it. (laughs) We'll send you a WhatsApp voice note and you can put that on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, only uh, only pro quality audio here. Thanks. Right, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we did try that for a while, didn't we? Um, people could send voice notes in. It wasn't very successful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's never it's always been this thing where it does it never really works when podcasts do that. Yeah. There's a lot of podcasts that do that, and people some people really like getting on the show, but it's uh, it's not generally a very effective way of communicating back and forth with an audience. I don't think. No. Um, one thing one thing I wanted to say as well is just like a massive, massive, massive shout out to Tom. Um, because, like, without Tom, uh, this show, or this show would have. It, there's no way we'd have made it this far. Um, uh, now, you could probably do the show using, you know, the technology that exists and these kinds of things without it being a total nightmare. But you know, anyone that's listened from the beginning could almost hear the day Tom arrives. Yes, because it, 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 the show became a completely different thing, and um, a lot of the the kind of growth in popularity and um, uh, and numbers and stuff coincided with Tom coming in and putting incredible work. And like, it is absolutely ridiculous that this podcast is produced by someone with his skills and talents. Like he, this, this guy, when, you know, when, 
when we're in the in the chat chatting and he's like saying oh yeah i'm gonna be a bit late doing the podcast because i've got to do x piece of work i never never done raise a chuckle <laughs> like how are you doing that and also this it's a, a ridiculous thing so be- because he does a wide variety of stuff and sometimes he wants to work on some quality content that's why. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right yeah yeah anyway big love to tom no thank you for uh, all your efforts over the years tom um and uh, we'll see i mean y- y- you're right the the tools are there now so maybe i'll uh maybe i'll allow tom to retire too because <laughs> yeah. he's definitely got more important stuff to do <laughs> yeah and he's had the hardest job on this podcast for a long time with, that's uh, right yeah um so before i say goodbye let's talk about other games Yes, there's there's a midweek game against um, Brentford. Yeah, uh, who uh, who were interesting in uh, beating Watford yesterday. I'd say Ivan Tony has been out, so I don't know whether he's still going to be out. He got COVID, so um, I'm not sure whether the protocol runs out by the time um, that game comes around. United have a whole bunch of COVID cases. Apparently, I don't think I've seen anywhere with names, but it's both right. staff and players. Right. Um, so I wonder if I wonder knows? if this game I wonder if this game will end up not happening then, given that the Tottenham game was uh, was postponed. Yeah, it's interesting because the Tottenham Premier League game was postponed because the Premier League has taken a kind of relaxed game by game um, uh, attitude towards this. UEFA have not. UEFA have said rules is rules, so Tottenham cancelled their game against Wren, and mm. UEFA have said no, it should have been played. So. Um, I, it looks like they're not going to reschedule that one, and it'll be awarded to Wren as a result. So, yeah. but but the Premier League, I think they take petitions basically. So we'll see. It's it's still scheduled for Tuesday night at Brentford yeah. at the their Guardian, new game. Forty minutes ago, Guardian saying that the the game's in doubt. The Brentford game is in doubt. So at yeah. this point, I'd say like if you're asking for a prediction for that game, is that there is no game. That's, that would be my Yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, aside from COVID cases, United's injury list is Wambazaka, Martial, Cavani, Mata, Matic, Pogba, Ferran, and Lindelof. So, and, yeah, and, pr- and pretty serious. It's pretty serious. And none of that, I don't think, is Ralph Ragnick induced pressing muscle injuries. <laughs> They're to come, folks. <laughs> so. Um, Martial's off he he said he wants to leave in January his agent said he wants to leave in January can't blame him at all for wanting to leave in January Uh, a very funny United career and a player who's uh, divided United fans opinions tremendously but but one who uh, for whatever whatever else you want to say about him in this time he's given me moments of absolute joy watching United in the last since he arrived you know like I'll, I'll remember him fondly when he's gone that's for sure well, yeah, I mean, quite a lot of this list um, might not last much longer. So there, there is talk again of Edison Cavani being wanted around various clubs in Europe. Um, who knows whether Can't United see him staying again? No, I mean, like even in January. But I mean, he's had this he's had this tendon right. injury for a while now and missed most of this season, as he missed a lot of last season. And when Matt is out of contract at the end of the season. So he'll he'll be off. <laughs> Amazingly, Nemanja Matic still has a year left on his contract. <laughs> Played it sent half against young boys. Maybe yeah, don't give did. up the day job there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, unless you want to give up the day job to do something else altogether, which would be all right, you know. Um, and Paul Pogba's still out. I mean, he's coming back this week. Uh, he's been in Dubai recuperating, coming back this week, apparently. 
right. uh, to continue that at Carrington. And that will apparently be the policy from now on. You're injured. You you are where we can see you, not off around the world. Right. You know, and I don't know how much difference it makes, but you know, I, the optics aren't always great when an injured player rocks up in Miami in, in a you know, poolside party. No, absolutely not. So there's that. We'll see. I mean, what to say about Brentford? I mean, they've um, they needed the they've win yesterday. Ama- they've been amazing. They've really, been amazing for where they come from. And you, if you look at their, you know, their squad, it's mostly Championship players. Um, that they've cobbled together. Uh, we know their model. It's very data-driven. Uh, Tom of Frank's side is, you know, high-pressing, high-energy. Um, that's how he wants his team to play, and most of the time they do play like that. So, they, they, you know, they're, they're comfortably above the relegation zone at the moment in 10th place on 20 points. That's nine points ahead of Burnley. You'd, you'd think already that's probably going to be enough for them to, to stay up. Um, I mean, I'm sure teams have been relegated with uh, a, a a better cushion um, at the Christmas period, but it can't have been many. So yeah, they've done they've done really well. They've got a great new stadium. They they are set up to uh, you know having built the club in the right way, and they are set up to succeed from here on in. Yeah, absolutely. And they're you know they they're currently doing brilliantly and underperforming their data. Right, the the data they are like six points off their expected points, um, which is you know a huge chunk. Um, as I've said a lot of times, expected points is a weird metric, but um, th- th- you certainly can't say that they're kind of um, punching above the weight of their performances with their results. This stuff looks very, it looks very sustainable. They look well run. They've got really good players. That data driven thing has worked. And Thomas Franks clearly knows what he's doing. And actually this is going to be an interesting, um, an interesting clash of styles um, in this game too. Not that United really have a Ranić style yet. Um, They still kind of have a kind of, let's just, drop a jelly from a not a jelly like a an angel delight from like a really big height and it lands on a pitch and wherever anyone ends up that's where they get to stand um, <laughs> probably looks like our heat map to be honest but yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah uh no that's right uh and and frank's team well drilled uh, and therefore with a bunch of sort of no-name players basically uh, are managing to um keep their heads well above water so yeah it, i mean it should be look if it goes ahead um looking forward to it because I think it'll be great atmosphere and it'll be a real test of of where United are right at. Another real test will be um, Brighton, which I believe is next. I'm sorry, I'm just uh, losing the run. Saturday. There we go. Brighton, 4.30am start for me. My own fault. So midday, 12.30 kickoff. Everyone who's, um, you know, actually in the UK, sensible people there. And uh, at, at Old Trafford, um, and again, you know, this is Graham Potter's um, Brighton, who underperformed their XG all the way through last season, and now are not doing that, and now are just a good side that can't score as many goals as they really should do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that. Oh no, no, no! It turns out that normal service has been resumed, and uh, Brighton have scored 
Uh, let's have a quick check on this. They've scored 14 goals off a 18.2 XG overall. So, yeah, they are successfully underperforming their XG, as is their want. But they are nonetheless 11th in the table. So, it's funny, United are playing 10th and 11th in the table. And you'd think, like, great, that sounds that sounds like games that United should win. And in the end, like, United are 5th, right? They've got a lot more points than either Brentford or Brighton. But I'm worried about both of these games. Um, I don't know whether that's uh, reasonable and if it's just kind of scar tissue or whatever. Yeah. And maybe maybe in some ways these games are, will will give some of our attacking players a bit more space than a game like Norwich did. Um, that should be the case. I mean, certainly against Brentford, you push high up that you'd think there'd be counter, counter-pressing and counter-attacking opportunities for United. Brighton a little different because, you know, they do try and um, pass the ball across every blade of the the pitch before trying to walk it into the goal and it doesn't quite happen I mean Neil Mopay he's he's had a decent season I think um, they're top goal scorer but only on six so um, and no one else has scored more than three uh, which shows you where their problems are um, yeah. you'd, you'd, you know even though they do keep the ball nicely you'd still expect United to dominate that one so anyway um, before you go then Paul uh, back is content to come um, two predictions because um, no I one can hold you to account now, so you might as well just go wild and crazy. I actually genuinely, legitimately think Brentford will win that game. I think they're, they, they've been really good at home in particular. I think they play with tons and tons of energy. They're not going to be overawed at all by the name Manchester United. Like they've been, they've, I mean, they gave Liverpool a hell of a game and Liverpool are a much better side than us at the moment. Um, so so I, I actually think we are, I don't know what the, what the bookies would say, but I don't think we are significant favourites for that game in my head whatsoever. So I'm going to say like a 2-1 a Brentford win. Maybe, maybe we'll fight really hard late and get a late equaliser or whatever. Um, but I think it's going to be a really difficult game. And then Brighton, I think, will we'll, we'll maybe beat them 1-0, maybe. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to go for a draw in Brentford because it it does feel like that kind of um, game. And then a 2-0 victory over Brighton. Yeah. Um, d- two different styles of team, but uh, they, they, they may cause different kinds of problems for United. And it would be good, you know, good test of where Ragnik's at with his, uh, with his team. I also predict I won't watch either of these games. <laughs> Well, you don't have to talk about it now. I might watch the Brighton game, though. It's on a nice, convenient time. Saturday lunchtime. Saturday lunchtime. Lovely. If it's it's bad, I'm just going to turn it off. Yeah, so Brighton have have got the fourth most average passes, successful passes in the Premier League behind City, Liverpool and Chelsea. So that, that says something about their style, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Right. Hey, so before I go, um, uh, just a, a massive, 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 massive thank you to everyone that's listened, um, especially to the people who have been listening for, you know, a really, really long time and have listened to like hundreds of episodes of this, of which there are a, a decent number of people. A massive thank you to everyone that's ever taken the time to say anything nice about the show. And, um, you know, the truth is a lot of people have said nice things about the way I come across on the show. And and I very sincerely hope that the people that have met me in real life uh, would probably find that uh, this is me. I'm <laughs> not really putting on a show. This is sort of me. Um, I think it would be hard over 520-odd episodes to pretend to be someone else. And um, I, I, I'm 
just going to say the thing that is in my heart, which is that uh, the world is desperately short of kindness. Uh, there's so many things going. We talk about politics a lot on this show. To me, the um, the absolute key ingredient that the world is missing is selflessness, kindness, compassion. These are the these are the things that are the absence of which has caused almost all the problems that the world is facing in one way or another. So if you care at all about these things and you have the chance, uh, 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 these small acts of kindness make an absolutely enormous difference to the world. So yeah, that's my last thing that I'm going to say, apart from on the backers content, where I'm just going to slag off Jose Mourinho for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Kindness, <laughs> be kind. Um, head to patreon.com forward slash nq um, but yeah, and Ed, I love you. So thanks, man. It's been good. Um, it's been so, fun. We 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 may uh, we may talk about football. You know, just off air. Then you can say yeah. what you really feel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I yes, I I imagine we will we will continue to talk about both football and other things off air. Because turns out this is not the extent of our relationship. We don't have, we don't literally have to record every conversation we ever have. Although at this point, it'd be interesting to know of of the percentage of conversations that we've ever had in our lives. What percentage of them have been recorded and broadcast? It's got to be like twenty to thirty percent of the conversations we've ever had at this point. Yeah, right? a fair number. It's, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we'll correct that percentage over the next few years. Yeah, man. I imagine. All righty. Well. Um, Thank you for 11 years of doing this, 523 episodes. I think maybe you weren't on one of them or two of them. That's right, one, one. One, one. Yeah, one episode. One episode. There's one episode floating out there that never got published. That's right. Not because of any, like, bad content, just Ed was really busy that week. That's... Yep, and, um, and we didn't have Tom around that time. And, no. yeah, maybe one that I did with a guest. Yeah. Um. That you weren't on. Yeah, so there we go. We're going to try that out again. Yeah, I can't wait. No, it'll um, be good. Uh, yeah, and I, I think everyone's going to really enjoy what comes next. Uh, if you want to stay in touch with me, you can. Um, I delete all my social media except for my Instagram account, which can't be that long for this world. But um, for now, it exists at Peaceful Pool, where you can follow me if you like pictures of nature, which is basically all I put up there, and stories mostly about cricket. You pictures know. of nature, not naturist pictures. Let's, no, let's be very, very clear about to this. Be very clear, we're talking about trees and skies and that. Um, um, and uh, yeah, and you know, people have got my email address, it's out there. Um, so yeah, stay in touch. And, and uh, also, in all sincerity, lots of people have asked me questions about therapy. So if anyone wants any advice or guidance about that sort of thing, please don't hesitate to get in touch because I'm always happy to help. All righty. Uh, yeah. Brill, Patreon backers, stay tuned. Uh, everyone else, I'll see you whenever. Like, see you down the road. All righty. And I'll see everyone else next week. Yes. Now football is a pleasant game Played in the sun, played in the rain And the team that gets me excited Manchester United Manchester Manchester United A bunch of bouncing Busby babes They deserve to be knighted If ever they're playing in your town You must get to that football ground Take a lesson, come to see Taught by Matt Busby and Manchester. Manchester United. A bunch of bouncing Busby babes. They deserve to be knighted.
latest team today If you don't believe me, go and see them play A type of football second to none Now they're at the top of Division One. Who? Manchester! Manchester United! A bunch of bouncing fast debates They deserve to be knighted If ever they're playing in your town Get yourself to that football ground Take a lesson, come to see by Match Busby and, and Manchester. Manchester United. A bunch of bouncing Busby Bates. They deserve to be knighted. It's the greatest thrill you've ever seen. They are known as the soccer machine. They are the best, there is no doubt. So raise a chair and give a shout for Manchester. Manchester!